The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. got co-host Terry Jackson. Terry, you're back. Good to have you back. Terry, you there? Right on. I'm here, love. That's good. Well, sir, we'll jump right into it. We, uh, we only got a little time with our guests, but we'd like to um, give a shout-out to my guest, former NBA player Reggie Slater. Reggie, you know what? I know your time limit, but I want to just let you know I appreciate you coming on and talk with us today. I appreciate the opportunity to come out and talk to you. Feeling, I just want to feel the love, brother. I just want to feel the love. Feel the love. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got some questions. I know Terry, but you know we'll jump right into it. What's going on with this Jeremy Lin? You know, everybody talks about he's supposed to be this great player. He's coming on, and you even said it before, you know, he's a great player. But if he's so great, why did the Knicks get rid of him, Reggie? Why did what now? Why did the New York Knicks not re-sign and match that contract that Houston gave him? Well, I think the, I think the Jeremy, Jeremy Lin phenomenon is multifaceted in that you're tapping into a market. If you guys remember when Yao Ming first came into the market, all of a sudden, marketing-wise, uh, 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 the Asian community was able to 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 be contacted in a way that it had not uh, uh, before. Uh, the same way, in respect, in, in in a way, Jeremy Lin is able to do that. Add to that, uh, he is. I mean, he he's a spark of energy. He's a, he's an underdog. He's something that most people can 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 familiarize themselves with, and that he's very blue collar, and people appreciate people uh, the guys that you know, weren't the high draft picks that were able to struggle and fight and get into a position where they are they, they, they are being recognized. So, I mean, and his talents that he brings to the table. You can't deny what he's done in the past. Uh, staff don't lie and numbers don't lie, as the Jay-Z song says. He's been able to close out some games when they had their two major superstars, uh, Marty Stoudemire and, and, and Carmelo, out. So, I mean, that's the attraction that he brings to any team. Now, why uh, New York finally decided to take him off the table, that's a decision I don't know. Terry? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, we don't know what goes on, what, what, what talks go on uh, with Melo, with Stoudemire, with, with, with some of these guys as, as a team either. Reg, do you agree with that? Uh-huh. Oh, that's what I mean, I don't know what's going on in their mind, so yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, that might have something to do with it too. Uh, Jeremy Lin's a good player. I don't think he's yeah. outstanding, um, but he's a good player. I think he's he's somebody that they probably could get some money for, you know, or or or, or something. I mean, he was a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right or wrong? That would be a question. I don't know. I don't know what his status was. 
I don't know if he was restricted or an enmity or anything like that. I don't know that. But what yeah, I do he, know is that the aura that he had, whether he was a good player or not, can carry over uh, into another team so that, you know, people start getting excited. When people get excited about a player or a team, they start buying tickets. Once those tickets yeah. get purchased, you know, concessions, state fees, so on and so forth. And then hopefully he will continue to do well. I mean, I, I, I think he's a he's a good, hardworking kid. I think he's uh-huh. been through the through the uh, you know through the motions uh, of coming up through the D leagues, and, and and he's had a lot of shots. And he finally got that one. Uh, uh-huh. So I think this is basically his time. I think this was the time he's been looking for. Um, he's proven himself that he can play ball, and now he's, he he wants to move on. Whether it's with the Knicks or somebody else, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. He's in the league now. Absolutely, and you know he, he kind of got caught up in this this little thing with like with everybody got caught up with Tebow and remember Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin. But the thing is, you had said that he got taken to another team. Yeah, selling tickets don't win you games, you know. And, and he used to sell tickets going to Houston like Tebow wherever he go. But you know you got to look at it. Okay, can he play with Salomon or um, Camelo? Or that's why I think you know he couldn't. Couldn't be there. They couldn't see it, right? Well, whether he can play, he can win games. I mean, he's proven that he can play in this league. Um, he's probably and he's got a lot of growing to do. He, last year was his first year in the league. Uh-huh. So we're talking about a rookie, basically, who came onto a team, sparked him, got him some wins, you know, and and took him as far as he could go until he got hurt. I mean, we're talking about somebody with great potential as, as well. Absolutely, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent He's, I mean, I, I think uh, what the NBA does do a lot, and is, is they do they draft on potential. And I think this kid that that came up in the, uh, you know, it, it, they see a lot of potential in him. So that's what they're betting on. That's what they're putting their chips down on. Yeah, but how many players we see in in, in any sport come in and they overnight sensation, and then after that they start dropping. You know, once they get the big money and they got a play under that pressure, that name now. We see that a lot, don't we? Uh, yeah. that happen- go ahead, Reggie. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, we, we, we do see that a lot. We see that a lot in every sport. Um, and, and that's the big question. Why does that happen? I mean, you, you know, you get into the league, you come out of college, and, and you're this great, great college player, and you get into the league, and now... You know, it's 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 altogether different. It's new. You're basically starting over. Absolutely. Um, so you, you you can't be expected to come out and I mean, it's just like RG three right now. Do we think that RG three is going to take Washington through a whirlwind of of, of wins as great an athlete as he is? Andrew Luck. Do we think that Andrew Luck is going to come and take Indianapolis all the way to the Super Bowl? I mean, realistically, it's not going to happen. There always is that growing growing pains and growing time that every, every athlete has to go through, regardless of what sport it is. So I think that's that's the deal. Now, why that happens when some of these guys love, I think you're talking about get these big contracts and they're expected to, to do these big things and then the next year they have those fallouts. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I don't follow football a lot, so I couldn't answer that question. You know, like, he's an overnight sensation, but will he succeed in Houston? I mean, I mean, he's going to score the 20 points a game at 13, but what is that if you're not taking your team anywhere, right? Well, here's, here's the deal. There's, 
Mr. Right, Mr. Right now. There's a difference between the two. Uh, I can refer this situation very similar to Chauncey Billups. Uh, when Chauncey first came out, he kind of floated around from team to team to team, even though he was a lottery pick, if I remember correctly. However, once he found his place and his niche at the right team, the guy won a championship. That's very impressive. What, 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 what these teams that are shopping him around or, or that are, or, that are uh, you know, trying to get him, they want to know if he's that right fit for a multitude of reasons. And, uh, again, he's already, uh, he's already proven that he's a player. Once he's in that right position, he could be outstanding. But he's got to get in that right position. So, so you think point guard is the right position? Because I was trying to explain to a young man that if he's not quit right now to be a point guard. Point guard, and you know it's Red and Terry, don't, is not your premier scorer. Am I right? Right, but he can do other things, though, Love. I mean, he can, he, he's an all-around player. And, and not only do I think he's an all-around player, he's, we got to understand that he, he still has to grow into being what this team or that team wants him to be. When you're shifting around from, from teams to team to team, your role is going to be different, whether you're a point guard, whether you're a shooting guard, whether you're a forward. I mean, it just depends on what that team chemistry is. And, and, and what they want from you as a player. Yeah, more importantly than being a point guard or a, a shooting forward or any of those definitive roles, he should be a good basketball player. Yeah. And, and being a good basketball player, you can fit into any mold uh, that, you know, so behooves you, I, I think, you know, that you can fit in at least. Uh, it's not like you're trying to get a, a 350-pound offensive lineman to be a running back or your quarterback. You know, basketball is a little different in that respect. No, is it, but is it basketball you have your set position and do certain things, Reggie? I mean, say, I mean, you know, because your number one, your point guard is to distribute the ball and get the play set up, right? Correct. Is Jeremy, is Jeremy Lynn that? Well, if you put your mind to it, you can. Uh, again, I go back to Chauncey. Chauncey, uh, I've known, I've known Chauncey since he was in high school. Chauncey's a shooting guard. That's what he wants to be, he's a shooting guard. But he had to change his mentality in order to fit into the program of Detroit and all these guys to a point guard to make sure that everybody was uh, distributed the ball and, and, and making sure he was giving the ball to the right people in the right places. Now, that took a little time and a little maturity, the same thing that Jeremy Lin's going to need. But can it happen? Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's, let's throw that off. I mean, not to jump, but what's Westbrook's problem? They keep saying... What he's doing is not right. It's the same thing Jeremy Lin doing. He's scoring, right? Uh, Westbrook is the Western uh, <laughs> Western Conference champion. I'm not sure how much wrong he's, he's doing. What he's wrong. What he's doing. He's scoring. That's what he's supposed to do, right? He's doing whatever is asked by the coach. A guy that I respect a lot, um, who didn't make it in the NBA very long, finished Dembo. He, he, I heard him tell a guy one time, "Get inside your coach's mind." Once you get inside your coach's mind and do what he's asking you to do, you're going to be fine. So if yeah. what his coach is asking him to do may be a little non-conventional and, a, and not the norm that most coaches are doing, that's fine. It's just as long as the coach and management is comfortable with that. I totally agree. Um, Westbrook, everybody can sit and analyze a player from, from a couch or from a seat or from a studio. But nobody is in that locker room. Nobody is in those practices with those guys. And, you know, what that coach is, is asking from each individual player 
may not be popular or may not be what we think should should go on. Well, he's not passing the ball to Durant enough, or he's not distributing the ball enough. I mean, you 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 watch this guy. Um, I wouldn't be upset if he went down and took took shots. If if he's on my team, I, I wouldn't be upset about that. Nobody can stop his pull up jumper. He elevates too high and he's too quick, and he makes it to the basket around anybody. There's nobody that can uh, stop Westbrook from getting to the basket. So you got two premier players on that team who should be getting the most shots. That's up to the coach, and that's up to those guys. Yep, I absolutely agree. So you, so you tell me if, if um, Westbrook was coming, if, um, say, Tiff was shooting more than George, you going to agree with that? That's what you guys say? If George was doing one start and Westbrook was doing one start? What's the ultimate goal? Is a win. Uh, there you go. Uh, who you uh, who you want the ball? The the, the ball is the hands the ball whatever. There's the ball in the hands of Jordan or Pippen. Register. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Derek. We got the open shot. We know we want Jordan to take the ball. We know that. I mean, you ask nine people, nine people are going to say Jordan. However, Register. you need you need a release because. He can't continue to take all the shots. He needs another Absolutely. three. I mean, if, if if Westbrook went into the game and did not shoot the ball as much as he did, if he did not get to the goal, and the defense <laughs> therefore lagged off of him and spent more time with Kevin, he would have a much more difficult time uh, leading, the, leading the league in scoring. It sounds silly to say. He'd have a little more difficult time scoring. You know, he 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 he, he is... I want to use the word blessed, but he benefits uh, from the fact that the defense has to respect uh, Westbrook. Therefore, they can't just hang on him all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we get caught up in the, in the too much, okay, well, let's compare this player to that player. We also got to understand, love, that George did have pippin. He did have shooters. Okay? So he, he had options. Now, did he take the majority of the shots? Absolutely he did. You know, he, he did. They don't win championships by themselves. Westbrook is not going to take this team to a championship by himself. Correct. Not going to happen. Now, I mean, before we go to the break, we only got three, but tell me, Red, where did Oklahoma go wrong? Because everybody knew, everybody thought Oklahoma should have won that series. I mean, you know, you could say defense and LeBron, but was it just, to me, it looked like Kevin Durant wasn't even into the game. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a case of maturity and experience and you know them getting there as young as they are the core of their team is 23 22 years old that's a statement in itself now what these young guys did do is they got a taste of what they want and that's just like a kid and you having a taste of a cake or a favorite candy that you like they're going to want that and they're going to get that eventually they're going to work that much harder in the off season to prepare themselves to get that chance again or that opportunity again so they can have the entirety of it, not just a piece of it. Uh, I mean, I think last year Miami got a taste, and they got embarrassed. And so they were doing, they were hell-bent on doing whatever they had to do in order to take the entire thing. Yeah. Here's my question real quick, love. Why? Why, why, why should Oklahoma have won that series? You say everybody says they should have won it. Why? I think, as we know, like with football and basketball, whoever playing good and hot, in the second half and coming up to the playoffs, you would figure they would stay on that roll and win. 
it's it's proven in football and proven in basketball. Well, and it's also been disproven. Look at look at New England. Look what happened to them. But they won. I mean, it's been, it's been disproven as well. But you know, we're gonna take a break right quick, and then hopefully get ready for a few more minutes because we want to talk about the White Howard. See what you think about that? Because hey, the White Howard looks like he's just in a bad position. So this is Jane Loving with Loving Sports Talk, and we got T. Jackson co-host and. Well, we got Reggie Slater on the line. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner. Talking baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner, Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz, is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving Sports Talk. We're back with Cole Terry Jackson, that's I'm here. And we got our guest, Reggie. Reggie, I'm um, here. Kind of, you know, real quick, I know you're on the run, you know, but, but kind of explain, I don't understand the NBA contract and this Dwight Howard thing, but I'm kind of understanding, you know, we were talking during the break, but if you want to talk a little more, what LeBron did, and I'm kind of, I had no respect for him, but tell a lot, you say you kind of got to be the guy, guy, bad guy. Explain that to the listeners. Uh, I don't know the specifics of his contract, but this is, and you guys point and touched at it and, and at the break, and this is what I think happened in a nutshell. Forget all the legal talk and all that stuff. I think Dwight 
which from everything I hear, he's a really nice guy. He didn't want to be painted in that bad guy portrait. Now, years ago, Shaq was at Orlando, and he left for L.A., and he left Orlando in a rebuilding mode. Uh, a few years prior to that, LeBron did the, something very similar to, to, to Cleveland. And, and, and I don't, I'm not sure if he wanted to be painted in that picture and booed and ostracized in the community or, I'm sorry, in the basketball world like those guys and have to endure what they had to. I think over a period of time and looking at how old he is now and how many more chances or opportunities he's going to have to win the championship ring, he now wishes that he had did something different earlier and had listened to his conscience as opposed to listening to other people. So I think now he's in the mode of, okay, i got to look out for Dwight, as opposed to, as opposed to I don't want people thinking I'm a bad guy. You know, that's what I think. What were you saying about Terry? Oh, I was I was thinking, you know, along those same lines. You know, he, he had to be very unhappy in Orlando. Um, he wanted the coach gone. He wanted to be gone. I mean, there were some things that just weren't going right for Dwight in, in Orlando. Um, and he's I think he's afraid to make those decisions. I think he doesn't want to wear that black hat like uh, Reggie was talking about. Um and he doesn't want to be a, a a LeBron James type of guy where he'll have all this backlash, <clears throat> move to a bigger market, and leave little Orlando behind, I, I think. But he does have to do what's in his best interest. And people can say what they want to say about LeBron James or how he did what he did or why he did what he did. But obviously, uh, he made the right decision on the decision. Reggie, how many more minutes we got you for? Uh, I only have a couple more minutes and I have to get in here. Okay, so for the last couple of minutes, give us your top three. Start with number three to two to the first one of the most smack talkers that you played against in the league. <laughs> that I played against? Besides um, me, I'm number four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that I've not necessarily held, but that I've played against and been around? Carl Malone would be number three. Carl Malone. Because Carl Malone would not only just talk about, um, you know, he, he'd talk about you just from a physical standpoint. Now, Carl was a great physical specimen, just, I mean, you know, Carl from the gods type thing. And he, you know, he first he tried to bully you out there. Uh, and then if he couldn't do that, then he, uh, you know, he just, you know, damn, you're out of shape or, you know, stuff like right. that. So he's always talking to you, BS, not BSing, but trying to get in your head all game. Okay. Uh, number three I played against was Charles, but he was more funny. Charles was, uh, Charles was, uh, you know, a, a young fellow. I'm going to catch the ball right here, and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And you can try and stop me if you'd like to, but, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, he did that to me as my rookie year in the NBA, which was the year he won the MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for a short guy who was actually shorter than me, he was, he was so quick. I mean, like a cat or a heavy fellow. He was just so quick, and, you know, he had, uh, he was very skillful, uh, and he talked all game. You know, you didn't know whether to laugh or cry or <laughs> what to do. Uh, now, number one obviously had to be Jordan. You know, I heard, I heard that. Uh, he not only tell you he was going to catch the ball and score there, you know, I've heard tales of, you know, him playing games and him, him you know, 30, 28. 26, 
Like, well, what is he doing? Well, he already knows he's going to score 30 points. He's just counting down. He's telling you, you know, doing stuff like that, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, and then getting in your head, just talking. Uh, number one easily was Jordan, you know, because you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he he gets it going. And, and, and I've never seen anybody, and I'm supposed magic was like this, but I've never seen anybody take command of the court. When you played on the court with Michael Jordan, the way Tony Kukoc and, and Pippen and even Dennis, responded to his to what he was saying. I mean, he had complete and utter control of the, of everything at all times. At all times. And they respected him enough that there was no back talk, no second guessing. You know, it's, that's what MJ said, and that's what we're going to do. Hey, Reggie, did you find yourself just watching him play when you were out there trying to guard people? Yeah, and I think a lot of people fall into that mistake because he's so smooth at what he does. And he's so, I don't know what the proper adjective is, but he does such a great job at it, and he's skillful, and he's so athletic. And, then, you know, I remember when he came back the first time of reading the scouting report and them saying, you know, he lost a step, he wasn't quite as quick, and the guy, I'm telling you, was like a cat out there and easily dominated every minute he was in the game. So I remember looking at the scouting report after the game, like, I'm not sure who wrote this. You got trick or treat it, huh, Rez? <laughs> anyway, guys, Rez, I want to thank you again for coming on. I hope we get you next week, you know, and then, uh, yeah. you know, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, I thought you were going to throw me in there, Rez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Look, be good. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks a lot, Rez. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, you still there? Yeah, love, you know, I never got to see George play, so it's always never. nice to be able to hear about, you know, other people and, 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 and get an insight on it. Because um, that's somebody we I always admired as, as growing up as a kid, you know, and, you know, and watched him. I don't think I missed the game. You know, what's funny is I heard that. I can't remember where I heard it from, but somebody told me that Jordan was the most smack talk ever. But you look at him and you don't see that, but you know what I'm saying, Terry? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff goes on out there on that court that you don't see or or hear, you know. Right, but but you know, so that's good though. I, hey, hey, he was a great player, and it's good to see somebody that played played against him and been on the court that know how he was. You know what I'm saying, Terry? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's nice to talk to him. Like you said, just to hear, you know, some of the things that you know was said on the court was off the court, and then you know, because we don't get to see it all. You know, watching from TV or in the stand, you don't get to see. The player in the locker room or at his house, you know what I'm saying, there? Yeah, I know it. I know it. it's kind of nice. That's that's what's my point. You know, the media make all these players out to be bad guys and all like that, but we don't know. And I'm going right into what I'm gonna talk about. You know, I am right. Hey, I'm ready. I'm leading right into it, Terry. I'm right here with you, love. In fact, I will start it off. That's right. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's funny, and it's not funny. It's sad because. You know, like we were just saying, you don't know what these players are going through. We don't know them on the court. We don't know off the court. But, you know, you know, Dad's right. Let's listen to know. Apparently got arrested and assault charges against his mom. I thought it was his cousin, but apparently uh, the mom said he was trying to kill her. Is that true, Terry? What's the report you heard? No, I, I, I didn't hear he was trying to kill her. But let's, uh, you know, what, what we need to realize and understand is he's got more problems than... Uh, than, than football, he's got he's got what, he got eight million dollar problem, Terry. Come on, I'm I'm sorry, he got eight million dollar problems. That we make a year. Is that a problem? 
No, no, it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with money, love, and it doesn't have anything to do with football. This has to do with Des Bryant, okay? Um, he's a football player, but he's a person first. And the person that he is is messed up. He's got some problems and issues. Um, it doesn't have anything, to, I don't believe it has anything to do with, with football. This is Des Bryant. When you sit there and you, you, you get angry enough at your mother to put your hands on her and grab her or, or, or whatever it is that he's alleged to have done, you got you got serious issues. Um, that that's just something that's unheard of. You don't do that. So as far as being a football player and those issues, I know you're happy because he has a possibility of being off the field because he's dangerous, <laughs> and I understand that. But I think we need to concentrate on these guys away from football and 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 and, and concentrate on the person that they are because I think that's where Des Bryant has problems. You know what? Um, before I give you my take on that, we're gonna get um, Eric Glover. He's online. He's like, you there, Glover? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, guys? How you doing How today? You doing, Good. Yeah, Good. We, you know we what? were talking about Dad's Brian and what went on with him. Um, no, Terry just said. Did you hear what Terry was saying? Yeah, I heard what Terry said. And you know what? Everything what Terry's saying is true. And and Terry, please tell Love to stop taking up for these guys. He always. Want to take up for these guys? These are grown men. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Grown I know, and, and they are, and, and they have problems just like we have problems. But right, I mean, this guy put his hands on his mother to get that angry and upset. You can throw football. You can throw the eight million dollars a year. You can throw that out the window because he's got to fix himself as a person first, or he's never going to make that eight million dollars a year or be that football player in the Hall of Fame that he wants to be. So here's my. Go go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. No, my thing is this right here. What could his mother have done so bad? This is the woman that gave birth to him. What could she have done or said that was so bad for this multi-million dollar athlete to put his hands on her? What? Not nothing. That's your mother. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about what he did was right. What I said was, you know, one, you don't put your hand on your mom saying stuff for your parents anyway. I know my mom, if I just yell or do something, you know, hey, I'm in, I'm scared. But my point was what Terry talked about with their players, people first. The media, and we talk about this, they don't look at them as people first. You're looking at them as a football player first. That's what my point all along, all the years I've been trying to tell you, these players need to be treated as people first. But y'all saying, oh, they, they, they play your football players and they get paid, you know, by the organization to be this football player, we're not going to get paid to be a person. That's my argument, guys. Look, once once they sign that contract, they're no longer a person. They're a commodity now. But, but, they're a commodity but that can be sold, can be traded. But but here's the thing. you got to go back. You're talking about Dez Bryant. Remember, he's the guy that came out of college where, and you guys may have talked about this already. I don't know. I just got in. But he's the guy when he came out of college. Remember the uh, scout went to his house and was asking his mother about drugs? And prostitution, right? And those right. were the uh, those were the questions that was presented to his mother before the Cowboys signed him. And remember, that was a big old incident back before he had signed. Was his uh, background, his mom's yep. background, being busted for crack cocaine, you know, solicitation, other things like that. So you got to look at where that fruit, the tree that fruit came from, and, and that's where it all starts at. Regardless of all that, this dude is a multimillionaire. 
you don't do anything but love and try to take your mother out the environment that was conducive to your growth when you was growing up. So now you can better yourself. So regardless, you can say what you want to say about being people, about being football players, all that. There's no way we should be talking about this incident to a guy that's been in the league, what, three years now? So he had enough money in his pocket to separate himself. If his mother's negative, you give your mother a check and say, hey, you know what, you're on your own. Isolate Go ahead, Terry. Well, I was going to say, and we also don't know Des Bryant's uh, story either. Um, That's what I'm saying. We can sit here and say, you know, there's nothing that she could have said or done for him to do that. But at the same time, we don't know that story because, just like Bluff said, what about all those questions that was being asked for? What kind of person is this woman? We don't know her. I don't know her. We know Des. We know he's probably got some, some, some attitude issues and some anger issues, but we don't know the whole story. Yeah, and, and, and the number one thing is, like I was saying, you, what could she have done so bad as his mom? I don't care if it's his sister or his aunt, that you put your hands on her, you know? Yeah, in my opinion, not nothing. There's nothing. Uh, it is too easy to turn and walk away. Okay, if I got $8 million in my pocket and, uh, and I got practice, I'm, I'm, I'm going to practice. I'm not going to stand here and argue with this. You know, I'm not even going to entertain this. If, if this is my attitude and I know that I'm going to get that angry. But you see, you throw that in that series and $8 million. We all look at $8 million. We're not looking at him as that person if he was just broke. If he was just broke, we were like, oh, that's another crackhead guy jumping on his mom. But we all looking at what $8 million he can do, you know, walk away. If it's $1, he should walk away. We're also looking at this guy who has made it to the NFL, okay? And that's not an easy process. Okay, you, you, you go through four years of school, you go through all those coaches and trials and tribulations, and then you get drafted, and then you go through that. He's been in the league three years. He's growing as a man. He should have been man enough to turn around and walk away. That's why it leads me to believe that he's got some issues that, you know, he, he, he needs to get taken care of or, or that somebody needs to pull him aside and talk to him and mentor this guy because he's not there yet. Here's my issue. He's with the Cowboys which, you know, they've had their ups and downs. But my problem is this right here. Everybody's trying to figure out what happened, what's going on with his mother. Can they say Pac-Man Jones? Can they say Michael Irvin? Can they can they go back in the history of some of those guys that have gotten in trouble in Dallas? And, and my problem is this. Everybody keeps making excuses. And I tell you guys are making excuses. But everybody keeps making excuses for these guys when there's been guys before them have been in situations. At what point do these guys start being accountable for their actions? I'm, I'm getting tired of hearing these guys when there's people out there losing jobs, people homeless, people hungry, things like that. I'm tired of hearing about these guys that are spoiled complaining. Oh, he's not getting a fair deal. Oh, because he's a professional athlete. He's treated wrongly. He's being treated unjustified. If you don't put yourself in them situations, you can't be treated unjustly, right? Absolutely, bro. I definitely thing. agree with that. I definitely my, agree with that. My father told me one thing, and and I and I mean, he told me a few things, but here's the one thing. I was going out to party one night, and uh, the next I, when I came back home the following morning, he said I wasn't. I said, man, do you know they had to search me? 
to get in there. They like warm me, patted me down. He said, and you still walked in that place? He said, so just think, if they're patting and searching you, what about those guys that are not patting and searching? Yeah. So, so I've always been on the, if you got to pat me down or search me to get in somewhere, I don't need to be in that place. I don't need to be there. Well, right. What I'm saying is this. At some point, at some point, these guys got to realize that the spotlight's on them and that those excuses, and you can't keep getting passes. You know what I'm saying? You can't keep getting a pass because you're an NFL player or because you're this person or that person. You got to be held accountable because there's kids, as you guys have said before, and there's other people on the outside looking in. Are we getting tired of seeing these black athletes act like an a-hole and keep getting justified because of, oh, well, he comes from a crack environment. Oh, his dad wasn't around. Oh, he's uneducated. Oh, this, oh, that. Those are all excuses. It's old. It's tired. Grow up. You, you know, Glove, you made a good point. I'm glad we talk about that because you're right. We do make excuses for them. And, you know, we sit back and I sit back to the same thing with Terry. How can a person with $8 million have this? And we make an excuse by we looking at that money. Like we did with Icky, uh, I think it was um, Keith Fryer we had. He said, how can a person with that amount of money get a DUI? It don't matter with that amount of money. You as a person got to be accountable. Am I right? And we look at that, these athletes, and we keep doing it over and over, being the special people and all like that, and they got to be people first. And, you know, just because they got eight million bucks, yeah, that's more than us, but they still got to be people first. Because like we always say, they put on their pants just like we do. Right, guys? Absolutely. But let's not even look at them as, as, as athletes. Let's look at them as, as well-paid citizens, okay? Let's let's say the average what's the average uh, uh, NFL salary is it six hundred thousand a year, something like that. Let's just go there, six hundred thousand dollars a year. These guys make they have plenty of money, so that they don't have to uh, drive their cars when they're when they've been in a bar. They don't have to get DUIs. They don't even have to own a gun. You got enough money to hire a personal bodyguard, in my opinion. So there is no reason for these guys to be getting into this trouble, other than. You know, hey, I am who I am, so I can I, I can do what I want to do, and 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 that's the kind of stuff that has to stop. You know, I mean, if you're going into a club, um, and, and you got to carry a gun, you shouldn't go into the club. I, I, I agree with that, that earlier. I mean, why would you want to go to a club where you have to carry a gun? I.e., Plexico Burris. Why? Why would you? You know, but I mean, but here's the. Here's the bigger thing, Terry. He's married. So so he's married, so he's going out to the bar. What image is he displaying where he feel a need to carry a sidearm? You know what right. I'm saying? What, right. what, what image, what is he doing in that community where he feels a need on a Tuesday night to carry yeah. a gun? I mean, these guys just got to start thinking and, and growing up. I mean, I know... You know, 21 years old. I know how I was when I was 21, but and I also didn't have you know million dollar contracts either, and, and and I didn't have everything I wanted. But you know, there comes a time when you have to use what 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 you learn. Uh, mom and daddy had to teach you something, <laughs> you know, and you would hope that they would teach you to be somewhat a little more responsible. But some of these guys just does not seem that they are responsible at all. Uh, for their own actions, and if it once once that team signs you, 
they're basically taking a chance on you as a person because there's but, no way that they're going to be able to control what you do outside of football, which is why you see all these guys getting arrested and getting in trouble, and, and they know it's going to be front-page news. They know it is. You, let, me, let, me, let me help and you. And I kind of won't. Go ahead, love. Let me let me help you out real quick. You're absolutely right, Terry. See, we're in the see the one thing we keep overlooking is you're talking. We keep overlooking common sense. Uh huh. None of these none of these guys have common sense. That's that's the first part. We talk about their parents giving though giving them that foundation to build upon. So guess what? If if your parents don't know, then how can they teach you or show you? You know that that's part of it. Then the other side is this. We're in the keep it real generation because everybody yeah. got to keep it real right now. Uh-huh. You know, right now it's a it's a big video we live in. So the flashier, the more gaudy, the more ignorant, the more retarded. You know, all those little catchphrases. The more of that you are, the realer you are. So why would I hire a chauffeur to drive my Bentley? You know, yeah. how come? Why yeah. wouldn't I carry a gun in the club? I'm keeping it real. I'm going to make it rain, you know, so yeah, you have to look right. in terms of the time that we're living in, and that's why we have all these NFL retardos running around acting the way they act. You, you know, Glove, you made me say just what I want to say, too, because I was speaking to a guy yesterday, and he was telling me about Steve Jobs, the guy with whatever the computer, that he never rode around with a license plate because he knew they wouldn't mess with him money. But my point was, Sports guys do things because they know, you're right, there's no common sense because they don't need the common sense glove. You know why? Because they know they got the money. Like what you're saying is, you know, I agree. And they're saying these players think the money going to get them out of everything they in. They don't need common sense. Why you just don't go pay somebody to drive your car? Because that's what I pay $80,000 for. I'm going to drive it. So it ain't no common sense because they're looking at, like what we always say, that $8 million they're making, they can get out of it. Am I right, guys? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. right. I mean, sad to say, sad to say that there's nobody in, and it's not sad to say there's nobody out there to help them. The sad part is they won't listen to anybody. Yeah, that's what's sad is they won't listen. I mean, think about it. How many guys? What is it? Two years out the league, something like that. The percent of guys that are broke is like two and a half to three years out the league. The guys are broke. But the young guys are like, that'll never be me. That'll never be me. So so how can you, with the history that you're faced with, how can you not want to change or be different? You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not about the the the, the highest priced car or the largest home because that window is only three to five years at that or two to five years. So guess what? You might he might be making eight million dollars. For these, these first three years or four years, whatever his contract was, but what's going to happen in the fifth or sixth year when his skills start diminishing and he hasn't saved no money and he's codependent on drugs and alcohol or something? Yeah, but but you know, Glove, not to cut you off, you're right. You're right, but you say, how can you not see that? Every year you see something going on. Look at Jason Kidd. Come on. You crash your car in Vegas. When are they going to learn? When? They don't need to because we're going to overlook this when you get on the court and start playing. Am I right? Nobody going to bring yeah, up, oh, it's a kid. If he's going, you know, a championship crash his car, we all going to overlook it, right? Hey, 
you're only you're only you're only remembered by that last shot, or yeah. or that last touchdown, or that last pass right. you called, or that last sack or tackle. You know, everything else isn't important, and that's the sad part. Is that for these guys, life's not important. Another thing, Glover, you say you only remember by that the player Dante Stallworth drunk and killed that that guy. Nobody forget that he back in the league scoring touchdowns and everybody cheering. Nobody that found me, he ain't still talking about. Am I right, guys? Last thing You're I remember right. about him, he he was getting a new contract. That's what they all remember by. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Nobody bring that up about him doing that. It's all forgotten. Once he got back and signed with a team, he's on that field. That's how the society yeah. is. Am I right? But but here's here's what's crazy about what you just said with Dante Stallworth. He kills a human being, and he's out faster than Michael Vick can kill some dogs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that say about society? You know, he kills a person, which is sad and tragic in its own sense. He gets short time in the league without a doubt brings it back. Michael Vick, quote unquote, from other sources, what they were told, nobody physically seen him kill a dog, but because right. other people who were, and see, that's one of those crazy situations. His cousin who had the house, who had the dog fighting business, all he said was, yeah, Michael used to come around and, and watch dog fights. Michael used to do this. But he was up on drug charges. So he turned state evidence against Michael to put Michael in jail. Yeah. That's, that's a whole other story, and TJ could help me with that. And, I mean, I could help myself, but you could testify as a criminal against another criminal and, and your story's credible. But that same yeah. criminal can't testify against the police or someone else to help out another criminal. Another criminal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And the thing about well, about Michael is, is that he was considered to have orchestrated it and been the, the money man for the right. whole thing. So they kind of got him as, as operating a, um, yeah, what do but, call it, but, you know, an, an organization. An ongoing operation or something you're to that effect. You're absolutely right. He wasn't there per se, but he had bought the house and he had put up all the money and did all the blah, they blah, they blah. But still, they 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 tried this man like he had killed some people. Yep. Well, let's, let's, let's go. You want to bring that up? I'm glad you did. Let's go this way. It took Michael. They didn't want him back in the league for killing a dog. Um, Dante Sowers was back soon as he got out. So are dogs more important than the life? Because Dante That's got right in. Am I right, guys? They didn't know they were in the league. He had to go and do all this to come back. Is, is you remember that? He yeah. had to do PSAs with, right. with Peter and, and all kind of organizations just to, for them to think about letting him back in the league. But why? Wow. Dante killed somebody. He was back in with a new contract. Yeah, I didn't think Dante Sowers on a man on a man commercial or any of that. Yep. That's our society, man. But that's the society and that's the society we live in. Yeah. So and everybody hates Michael and all this stuff, but you still ain't heard nobody that say they hate Dante. I haven't once heard nobody talk about they hate him. Have you guys? No, oh, yeah. Oh, Star Wars you're talking about? Yeah. No. No, I haven't heard anything about him much at all. No, no negative press, but I think the bottom line for me is this. These young men start need to start acting like men and be held accountable 
and and stop trying to justify ignorance and stupidity. Yeah. But our, our society has to, to make that happen. And, and, and our society uh, is what is is basically contributing to this kind of behavior. Um, if, if, if you care more about uh, adult life than you do human life, I mean, that's, that's society. You know, that, that's sad. Hey, I'm going to ruffle y'all feather. You know I always do. Well, you guys talk about we got to be men and start acting like men in the society, these guys, right? Okay, when are these teams going to let them be men and stop? Look, you said it, Glove. They own them. You can't own me if you have expect me to act this way. Let me be a man and be the way out, right? But, okay, Love, you, you got to understand this, though. I'm paying you money, okay? I'm your boss, and I'm paying you money to do a job. I'm not going to let you, when you're off, go out there and screw up something so you can't come back to work. You got my money. Put it in that This is, was that, was that really your question, love? I, I don't believe that was your question. <laughs> that question is, that, yeah, that really, been your you question. want them to be men, yeah. love. Let them run their own life with you. You don't own them. Let them be men and make those messages. Don't say, hey, I can't make the decision because the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be mad at me, get rid of me. Let me make that decision because this decision, I have to make the right decision in life. Not because I'm owned by this, this sports team. That's my point, love. Okay, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I could only expect that point from you, love. But, but here's, the, here's the problem. Here we go. People, people, regular people working regular jobs, being doctors, being lawyers. And let's take a doctor, for instance. How would you like a doctor flying down the street at 100 miles an hour to get to a surgery after he'd been drinking? Should he be held accountable if he get in there and, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, sir, I sold you up and I left my scalpel in your stomach. Should he be held accountable? Okay, here it is, a lawyer, you're sitting up there on a, a deaf, a deaf, uh, they're trying to convict you for life for a crime, and the lawyer comes to court unprepared saying, you know what, I forgot my summaries, I forgot everything in my other bag. Uh, Your Honor, you know what, check this out, man. This is what I'm going to say, unprepared. <laughs> you know, a dentist, a dentist is in your mouth trying to, trying to get a cavity out, and instead of getting the cavity out, <laughs> excuse me, he takes out one of your front teeth. You know what? I'm so sorry. At lunch, I had about four cocktails. So, you know, excuse me. So, if everybody else is held accountable, why shouldn't these clowns be held accountable? Yep. I agree. And, and, and Glove, I, I'm not saying, you must got me wrong. I'm not saying they should be held accountable. What I'm saying is, you saying that once they sign a contract, they own by them. That means everything they do, you know, they, they own, and they got to be, like I say, if you're doing something in your house, they got to be accountable. Why should you be in your own house? That's all I'm saying, Glove. You know what, <laughs> what I think, Love, is this. I think that these teams should step up forward. I, I read something the other day about uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to wait till Roger Goodell makes a decision on, 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 on the punishment. I think that's wrong. Okay, I, I think that's totally wrong. 
you've got the league and you have the team. You've got responsibilities to both. I think the team needs to step up and say, look, guys, you know what? If this, if this happens, this is what's going to happen to you on this team. If that happens, this is what's going to happen to you on this team. Because until these guys, you know, and it was just like the Detroit Lions, they didn't discipline uh, Donald and Sue. I think they should have stepped up and said, you know what, as a team, this is what's going to happen. Okay? Let alone what the league's going to do. Make these guys accountable to that team, to those players, to the guys that they line up next to every day, you know, on Sunday. Let them be accountable to those guys, let alone the league. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lovin, Mr. Lovin, how is it that we keep going back to with these guys doing their home to be their own business? You're right, it is. And we've said this before. What them guys do in their home is their business, regardless of what they do. Now, if they get in that car and they're drinking and driving, have they not left their home? So now it's society's business. So you keep making that reference to well, whatever they do in their home should be their business. Yes, it is. As long as, Terry said it before, as long as it stays in the home. Yeah. But you play football. When you're playing football, love, how much time did you spend at your house? Not a lot, did you? No. You were practicing and meeting. Yeah. Doing things to make you a better football player. So so get off that. Well, if they're in their home, they should be able to do what they want to I do. Said, I said you know, all season, you know what? Did I not, love. Terry? We, we well, all, I was in the offseason. Derek, uh, uh, Derek, where are you from? I'm San Diego. Love San Diego, love you, Chicago. I'm in Wyoming, okay? And I've, I've been in Wyoming my whole life. I don't know how it is in Chicago, and I don't know how it is in San Diego. But you got to work pretty hard to get arrested, okay? At least here in Wyoming, you got to work pretty hard to get arrested. I mean, some things have to fall into place before you get arrested and get taken to jail, i.e. drinking and driving, those kinds of things. I mean, that's that, that's kind of that's kind of way avoidable if you if you if you actually think about it. So for these guys to get arrested, whether it's a misdemeanor charge or whatnot, it's silly. It's just plain silly to me. All right, we only got like three minutes left, but I want to touch on this because we want to talk about this next week and I'm going to put it out there on my thing and I'm, so call us and call in so you guys be ready for questions but I want to talk a little bit well we're going to talk about that Penn State what's going on Penn State and from you guys I want to get y'all take of like is, is paternal them um, should be responsible or shouldn't they be or should they take the statue down and you know everything's going around should Penn State be penalized the football team you know so Kind of, let's kind of talk about that for a minute, guys, and then next week we're going to hit it off real big and have people call in and talk about it. So what do you guys think on that? Well, first of all, the, the statue and all that, I could care less about, okay? If Joe Paterno and, and, and his selective coaches are found responsible, uh, whether they hid things or whether they, you know, didn't speak up when they were supposed to or if they didn't take care of things like they were supposed to, if, if that's found to be true, then let them suffer whatever punishment is deemed necessary. I mean, quite frankly, I, I don't care about the statutes and the records and all of that because that stuff is going to stand one way or another. Okay, However many football games Joe Paterno won, this, that, or the other. 
But if they're found accountable or, or responsible, then they need to be held accountable for it. Let me jump in. Let me jump in, TJ. Reggie Reggie Bush had to give back his Heisman Trophy. That statue needs to come down. All them games won because the sad part about it is the guy told Paterno and he swept it under the rug. So on his watch, he knew what was going on. So anything from that point to present when Paterno was there need to be washed. That's me personally. That's me personally. I think the statue should go. Now, the sad part about it, just like with SC and, and Reggie Bush, the guys now that had nothing to do with it will be penalized for the guys back then. But it's a price you pay. And, and you know something, I'm glad you brought that up. I have a question for you guys, so get ready. Trying to, you know, do a little bit stuff. But you're right, though, Glove. That's what the question I'm going to ask you guys next week. Everybody that's coming after that getting punished with Reggie and all like that, why these players from Penn State can't get punished, too? Because same thing with the program. You're right, Glove. Well, hey, take it away from them. SMU, remember, guys, when they did them, they called that the death penalty. They cut their yep. program off, right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's what I want you guys to talk about next week. Should Penn State get rid of their football program? Everybody else, like you will say, ready. Um, they got put on life with scholarships and no no um, tournament games. So thanks a lot again, guys. Love, thank you. We'll see you next week, right? All right. All right, Glove. Hey, Glove. And then don't right, no because I think Glove will say that. <laughs> All right. All right, Glove. Well, we got Craig Jackson coming off. We'll see you guys next week, guys. Thanks a lot. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.